Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, and thank you for joining us as we share the good news of Christ's love. We share a rich tradition as a diverse and welcoming congregation. We strive to meet people where they are and join them on their faith journey as we carry out our mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world. Heights United Methodist Church. We say a greeting this morning to those of you here in the sanctuary, as well as those who are streaming our service and watching on television. We're grateful for your presence as well. It is a special day in the life of the church because it is Stephen Ministry Commissioning Sunday. When we have our new class of Stephen Ministers, we will participate in that significant event later on in our service of worship this morning. We're certainly thankful that you would choose to be a part of this service because that is a meaningful and special time that we want to share with as many people as possible. We also want to let you know today is the fifth anniversary of the Jimmy Faulkner Scholarship Fund that was established a number of years ago, and it does great good in our church. And on this date, it was put into play literally, and so we're thankful for that as well. We're grateful for your presence this morning. This is our time to focus on the joy of being together however we choose to be together, online, on television, or in person as we celebrate our faith.
The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in God, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise the Lord. Let us share Christ's peace with one another by saying, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Amen. Amen. scripture lesson for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. Let us receive these holy words. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to, preach, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Dress a lily in a gown of white 
I am Carol Ann Province, Stephen Ministry Coordinator. Since 1995, PHUMC has trained over 150 Stephen ministers. Stephen Ministry is a program that equips laypersons with 50 hours of training to provide distinctly Christian one-to-one -one care to those who are experiencing all kinds of life circumstances. Members of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, it is my pleasure to present the following persons to serve our congregation and the community as Stephen ministers. Matthew Anderson, Nancy Archer, Cynthia Hampton, Virginia Lewis, and Megan Rugg. Our 2021 Stephen ministry class is being escorted today by Elizabeth Ratcliffe and Nancy Bartlett, Stephen ministry leaders and trainers. Will all active and inactive Stephen ministers please stand? Thank you. Stephen ministers, as the Lord Jesus has revealed his presence to you through faith, we ask you to share your personal experience of faith with those around you so that they too may celebrate the presence of Christ in our world today. If so, please answer yes with the help of God. Yes, with the help of God. Are you prepared to nurture the skills you have learned and use them in service to others to support, encourage, build up, and comfort people in all their needs? If so, please answer yes with the help of God. And now we ask you, members of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, if you are prepared to open your hearts to the ministry of these people and to pray for them, that they may be effective servants of Christ. If so, please answer yes with the help of God. We also ask you to allow these individuals to work with you as you face struggles in your life, that you might receive support and help. If so, please answer yes with the help of God. Yes, with the help of God. We want to say appreciation and thanks to our Stephen Ministry class. These persons have worked long and hard, many hours of instruction in order to be in service in the name of Jesus Christ to many people for many hours to come. We are grateful for their effort, for their time, their energy, for the prayers that have been offered up, and we look forward to being in ministry with them. Stephen Ministry is a significant ministry in the life of the church in so many ways and enables us to reach people that we might not otherwise be able to reach and be in contact with people in significant ways, meaningful ways in their own lives as they go through whatever challenges they may face. I invite you as a congregation to join with me in our prayer of commendation as it is printed in our order of service. Because you have promised faithfully to serve God and the people of Christ as Stephen ministers, I commend you to the care and guidance of the Holy Spirit as you in turn care for others. Act boldly and without fear, for Christ is with you. May the God of peace sanctify you wholly, and may your spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's show our appreciation to our new class.
Good morning. Um, our children all seem to be home this morning, so I invite them to gather and uh, prepare as we sing together for the, to prepare for the lesson. to be with you this morning and as you can see I've brought a gift um, many of you I'm sure got lots of gifts at Christmas gifts with your name on them and I hope that you've always gotten gifts at your birthday um, also with your name on them I also know you probably have gotten to buy gifts for other people gifts that you get to choose carefully and wrap and then you watch as someone opens them and get very excited about the thing that they just exactly what they wanted um, we all get gifts, and they're always for us a lot of times, but sometimes the best gifts we get are the gifts that we can share with someone else. God gives each of us gifts. We all have things that make us special and different and unique, um, and those gifts are best when they're shared with others. And in the church, the more different kinds of people, the more ages, the more different gifts that we can come together and share the better we all are. So this morning, I hope you were paying attention a little bit when our members um, that got up in front of us to share that they have found their gifts. They know that they are good at caring for other people, encouraging them when they're sad, and also sharing the message of Jesus' love with them so that they feel God's love themselves. They've spent a lot of time working on these gifts and learning how to use them well so that they can share them with the church and make everyone better. So each of you at home, all the children at home, you have your own gifts, and some of you may already begin to know what those special gifts from God are, those things that make you special that only you are good at. And we are excited about getting to know what you will want to do, and we want to help you learn about those gifts and find ways to share them with other people. I am very excited about getting to meet each of you and working to learn what your gifts are and finding ways that you will grow and share those with this church community. Let us pray. God, I thank you for each of us and all the gifts that you have given. Help us to find ways that we continue to share those gifts to grow the church to be the best that it can be. Amen. you to share your personal joys and concerns with your church family by going to phumc.com forward slash prayer. Please receive our joys and concerns of this past week. We pray for all experiencing grief and loss this day and our Christian sympathy is extended to K.D. McKelvey III and Caroline McKelvey in the death of their father, Dr. Kent D. McKelvey Jr. 
to Kim Swindler and family in the death of her mother, Emily Ann E.M. Smith, to Marilyn Porter and family in the death of her mother, Carolyn Rose Ripley Mosley. We pray for all who are ill or recently hospitalized, including Gloria Cleveland, Martha Huey, Maggie Schneider, Nancy Tolan, Lawrence Walker, Paula Woozy, and Carney Dietz. And we, we rejoice in the baptism of Charles Edward Sci-Fi, child of Christian and Carlton Sci-Fi. And our congratulations to Miranda McGeorge and Jake Baden in their recent marriage, and to Asia Cruz and Walker Hawkins in their recent marriage. And we give thanks for our two new members, uh, Pam and Clay Lentz. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us pray. God of all nations and cultures, on this ecumenical Sunday, hear our prayers for the whole household of God all denominations and non-denominational congregations and faith communities. We're full of gratitude for the blessings you grant us daily. Bless us with deeds of justice and mercy. Teach us to build bridges of cooperation between all people. Help us to share and to learn from each other. Hear our prayers for all persons fighting COVID-19 and for medical frontline workers and support staffing. Hear our prayers for schools, children, and educators. Continue to bless Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church to be a blessing to the community and bless our new Stephen ministers as they begin their ministry. We pray for all persons having difficulties lonely, troubled, ill, hospitalized, or grieving on this day. Continue to fill us with faith that does not disappoint and love that bears all things. As we pray together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We at Pulaski Heights are so thankful that we get the chance to pray for and connect with each other each and every week. And we as staff and clergy of Pulaski Heights want to be able to connect with each of you. And so I want to invite you on the back of your bulletin, those of you who are here and those of you who are joining with us via um, broadcast or online, you'll see um, uh, information on your screen about registering your attendance with us through our digital connect cards. So on the back of your bulletin, there's a place that says connect with us. If you know how to take a picture on your smartphone, you can pull up that camera and just hold it over that little funky looking square and hold it over there and then um, click on the link that pops up. It will take you to our website at phumc.com connect that will enable you to connect with us and us to connect with you. 
Connection is so important. And as the family of faith, again, we are thankful that we can connect with you. And we're also so thankful today that our Stephen ministers represent not only that we connect with each other, but that we care for one another. And those Stephen ministers and the ministries of caring here at Pulaski Heights are made possible because of you because of your gifts. Because you give, we are able to offer grief care and divorce care. We are able to offer care for individuals going through really difficult times and to show them the love of Jesus. And we are so thankful that that is possible because you give. If you would like to make a contribution to the ministries of Pulaski Heights that make possible caring and connecting those important parts of our life of faith, you are invited to do so in this time of offering. Those of you who are in person, you can place those gifts in the plates as the ushers um, pass them. And those of you who are joining with us online or via broadcast, you will find information on ways to give on your screen. And so as the ushers come forward to receive our gifts today, let us join in an attitude of prayer. God, we thank you that you have enabled and empowered the people of God to connect and care for one another. We pray that these gifts that you that we give to you, a portion of what you have given to us, uh, may be multiplied for the purposes of your care for your people. May these gifts enable us to share your love with all who need it. Amen.
join me in our affirmation of faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who came in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. you to remain standing as today we read from the Old Testament the prophet Nehemiah selected verses from the eighth chapter let us hear these holy words all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate they told Ezra the teacher of the law to bring out the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had commanded for Israel so on the first day of the seventh month Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly which was made up of men and women, and all who were able to understand. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord our God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and Send some of those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is the word of God for the people of God. Before you're seated, please take a moment to greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ. Please be seated. We again say a word of welcome this morning to all of you. We're thankful for your presence, those watching online, on television, as well, of course, as those of you here in this sanctuary. It is indeed a special day in the life of our church. Let us pray. O oh Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. Whether it's noticeable week after week or not, I spend a significant amount of time in sermon preparation. 
Some weeks there's more to do than others, and I have more time than other weeks to do what needs to be done to adequately prepare to stand in the pulpit on Sunday morning. Sometimes, because of funerals or other obligations, those take precedent over sermon preparation in that given moment, of course. But each week, no matter what the week entails, requires basically the same pattern of behavior, if you will, on my part as I craft a sermon. I pray. I do a lot of research. I jot down as many thoughts as I possibly can and then try to put them in some kind of order. I then handwrite my sermon twice. Then finally, I memorize it. And the reason I go through the same ritual week after week is because I feel like, as all pastors do who stand in the pulpit, that somehow God can speak through us as presumptuous as that sounds, and that there can be something that is delivered that is transformative and life-changing in the name of Jesus Christ. And I feel the weight of that every week. William Willimon said... At the heart of preaching is either a God who speaks and who speaks now, or preaching is silly. If you think about it, we believe that God speaks now, or this is all really silly. A long time ago, the Israelites had been extraordinarily unfaithful to God for generations, and God had enough. So finally, God placed them in exile. Babylonian exile, where they had very little. They were dispersed, spread out, and their beloved Jerusalem was torn apart. This went on for a significant period of time. And finally, they are invited to return to Jerusalem. But Jerusalem is in tatters. Nehemiah and Ezra are two key leaders in the process of rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem, which of course means ultimately to rebuilding Jerusalem itself. And the exiles who have been invited back come with repentant hearts. But they're also very divided themselves. They squabble and they argue with each other. So in the midst of all of this, Ezra the priest pulls out the book of the law of Moses, scripture, if you will, and gathers all the people around. Scripture tells us in this portion of Nehemiah on several occasions that all the people were there, everyone. And God's word is proclaimed in that moment. And when God's word is proclaimed, people began to weep and to grieve. And Ezra declares, you're not to weep or to grieve, you are to celebrate, you are to rejoice, you are to eat food together and fellowship with one another, come together because God's word has been proclaimed and that means you have reason to celebrate. We believe when the word is proclaimed that it can conjure up all kinds of emotions and feelings and thoughts and even memories. But there is a great power when the word is proclaimed because we believe fully in the presence of the Holy Spirit in that process, as feeble as the one delivering the message may be. There is power and authority with what is declared from the pulpit of God.
and what is declared in the worship experience as a whole through the music and through prayers and liturgy and the spoken word, we believe that in all those ways, God's word is proclaimed and it has exceptional power. Power to such a degree that we recognize when those words are proclaimed that we are standing on holy ground. I love what Fred Craddock said a number of years ago. He said, stained glass and banners and candles and the cross all draw the worshiper's eye, but nothing comes close to the human voice in a room full of listeners. We believe when the word is proclaimed, however it is proclaimed, it has a transformative and life-changing power. These people who gathered together to hear from the book of the law of Moses from the mouth of Ezra were a people who were squabbling with one another over major issues and over minor matters. We know what that's like in the church. And yet when the word is proclaimed, suddenly none of that matters anymore. Suddenly and dramatically, everybody is filled with emotion. They understand the power behind those words. As divided as they were, they are suddenly united. We believe that happens all the time in worship. We can get staunch Republicans and yellow dog Democrats to sit next to each other and sing praises to God while they're in worship, as it should be, because those other things in the big picture are never as important as our love for our Lord. We can get gay people and straight people together in worship. And we don't label or categorize or compartmentalize people based on skin color or education or lack of education or level of income. Ideally, when we gather together, when the word is proclaimed, all those other divisive matters fade away. And what stands out more than anything else is the power of the message of the God we know in and through Jesus Christ as Christian people. I love that in the book of Nehemiah, when it declares that Ezra reads the word, they are intentional about making sure that the reader knows it was done by the water gate. Well, what is the water gate? It's an entry into a holy place. But what was nice about the water gate was everybody could go to the water gate, the clean and the unclean and the influential and the ones who didn't seem to matter in the world in which they lived, all could gather together at the water gate. Everybody was welcome. And that's what we believe about the life of the church. Everybody is welcome. Everybody who's flawed, which is every single one of us, every one of us who is feeble and sinful, who falls short of the goals we set for ourselves, and certainly the goals we know God has set for us, we are still welcome here. And when the word is proclaimed, it is always given in truth because we follow the one who is truth. And in the world in which we live today, where we are told one lie after another out in the world in a variety of ways, it is critical that when we gather together, we recognize what truth is, how it sounds, how it feels, what it means to all of us.
When the word is proclaimed, suddenly the lies become just that to us. They're no longer that important. The lies that tell us that we need to be divided, the lies that assure us it's okay to be racist and bigoted in the world in which we live today, the lies that in a variety of ways say that I'm better than you are, all of those kinds of things become irrelevant and meaningless when the word is proclaimed through music, through liturgy, through the spoken word, through prayers, through sacred conversations we have with each other. When the word is proclaimed, it has power. Remember, when we gather together and the word is proclaimed, what we are doing. In the Gospel of Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, seek, or as many versions say, strive first for the kingdom of God. That puts everything in perspective. The first thing we do is strive for the kingdom of God. We don't ask what your political persuasion is when you gather together to worship. We don't ask what is your income. We don't ask those kinds of things because it's irrelevant because what we do is strive first for the kingdom of God. And then when we do that, we remind ourselves that Paul tells us that all Scripture is God-breathed. That means, if you will, it comes from the mouth of God. That's why it has truth and meaning, and that's why it can be so transformative in our lives. What Ezra does is open up the Word, and it changes everybody in the moment. They're filled with emotion. They're repentant. And all else becomes meaningless outside of God. One of the things that's powerful about our gathering together to worship is that at least for a short period of time, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life has our undivided attention. When we leave here, we're going to think about what we're going to have for lunch. We're going to think about the week that lies ahead. We're going to think about watching football this afternoon and falling asleep in a recliner while we're watching the game. Well, that's what I think about anyway sometimes right after church. But I don't think about that right now. What I think about right now is that I'm with you and you're with me and we have a television audience and an online audience and all of us in our own profound way are worshiping our God. And that is most important always. That will never change. And when the word is proclaimed, all that other stuff just becomes irrelevant at least for a moment. But what else happens is that somehow when the word of God is proclaimed, however it is proclaimed, it enters into the recesses of our mind and it stays there and it is nurtured there and it grows there. There is something that happens when we gather together, something so sacred and so profound that it doesn't leave us when we leave this place. When I was in high school and even when I was in college, I worked in a nursing home as an orderly. Now, nursing homes are made up mostly of women. Us men, we just don't live long enough, so nursing home residents are mostly women. That means most of the staff ends up being women. 
So as a male on staff, I loved my job. I got so much attention from staff and so much attention from the residents, I really enjoyed my job. And I would sit down and have conversation while doing whatever I needed to do in that particular room with residents. And sometimes I would go into a room and there would be a resident who could not speak. Or I'd go into another room and there would be a resident who could not remember what she had for lunch, could not remember her name. But then we would go down the hall as I would wheel them down the hall and I would talk about the fact that we're going down for a hymn sing and we're going to have some prayer. And when we have some prayer, we're going to sing some hymns and read some scripture. And it was mind-boggling to me how many of those residents who could not remember what they had for lunch didn't know their own name and couldn't even speak, would recite the Lord's Prayer word for word, would sing the hymns without any music or words in front of them, who would listen intently. Now, how does that happen? They can't remember virtually anything else. They don't know how to feed themselves. But by golly, somehow that word of God has been a part of their mind and they're thinking for so long and it's in the recesses of their brain and somehow it moves forward and it is very evident that somehow, some way, God is still speaking to them when they cannot hold a conversation with anybody else. That happens to us in worship. This is such a powerful, meaningful experience. We have to believe that like a squirrel in the wintertime, who has hidden nuts away for nourishment in the time of need, what is hidden away in the recesses of our mind in our time of need, the word that is proclaimed comes forth and gives us the nourishment we need just when we need it. When the word is proclaimed, it's lodged in our minds forever, whether we think so or not. Why do people always talk about good memories in the church? Now, we can all talk about how the church has hurt us. Somebody has frustrated us. We know all of that. We're fallible. We're human beings, and that's what the church is. But we can all also talk about those experiences in life and the church that are so incredibly meaningful for us that we remember vividly. We'll always remember them, whether we're able to articulate them one day or not. It's just the way it is. That is the power of what happens when the Holy Spirit comes down on us and dwells with us when the word is proclaimed. This word is for all people, all ages, all interests, all occupations, all races, for all who walk planet Earth. This word is available. And notice again, as Ezra reads the word, the initial response is overwhelming grief and repentance over what they have done to their relationship with God. But notice what Ezra says. Don't spend all your time grieving. We got a lot to rejoice over. God has invited us back. We're here. Let's do something. Let's celebrate. All of us have a lot to grieve over. Life is really, really hard. But we're here to celebrate in a unique and powerful way. If I'm not careful... I can be mired in real sorrow, as can you. If I'm not careful, I spend way too much time thinking about this pandemic, this never-ending crisis in which we all live in. 
I can spend way too much time talking about how experts say climate change is such a rapid kind of change in our world that if we are not careful, there are going to be cataclysmic results. That's pretty overwhelming. I think about the divisions in the United States of America right now, how it has become socially acceptable to be visibly racist or bigoted. I worry about those crazies who are in positions of power across the world who have nuclear arms at their disposal. If I worry about that and worry about that and worry about that, I become mired in this quagmire of fear and angst and stress. And then I worship. And when I worship and the word is proclaimed through music and liturgy and the spoken word in prayer, I suddenly find myself unconcerned about those kinds of things. I suddenly find myself overwhelmed with joy and gratitude for what God has done for me in so many different ways. That's what worship does. It puts things in proper perspective. It reorients us, recreates us, reminds us of who we are and to whom it is we belong. Remember what Jesus says in the Gospel of John, and this is what worship does to me every week. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Worship reminds me that I've been chosen by God. I've been hand-selected by God. So have you. You have been chosen by God. And if I'm God's chosen one and you are too, then everything's going to be okay no matter what, somehow, some way. So whether we are in front of a computer screen or we're in front of a television or we're in this sacred space we call a sanctuary, when the word of God is proclaimed, holy ground is plowed. I don't always get it right when I preach. I can stumble through my words. I can say, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. I can forget something I'm supposed to say. I can say, I wish I'd elaborated a little bit more. But fundamentally and finally, it's not about me. It's not about anybody up here leading worship anyway. It's about all of us. And the fact of the matter is, in worship, we are the participants. God is the audience. Sometimes we get that confused. Sometimes we believe that we are the audience and we're ready to come in and we're ready to just receive. Our responsibility is to give and give and give in the worship experience. And in the process, we receive from the very one who has so much to give. When the word is proclaimed, suddenly everything is new again. Suddenly we are new creations in Christ Jesus and the old has passed away. Suddenly we remind ourselves that we are somebody and God is in control ultimately and always. That's why we need to every week hear through music and prayer and liturgy 
and the spoken word that the good news of Jesus Christ is truth proclaimed to all. Hallelujah. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning in the hymn of invitation is number 430, O Master, Let Me Walk With Thee. We say to those watching online or on television, if you would like to unite with Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, we would be privileged to have you do that. Please be in touch with us via email or with a phone call, and we'd be happy to talk to you about uniting with our congregation. With those here in the sanctuary today, as we sing our closing hymn, the ministers will be down at the front. We invite you to come down and join us. We'll give you the vows of the church, and we'll celebrate your presence as we stand together and sing. visit our website to let us know you were a part of our viewing community today or to learn more about how you can get involved in our ongoing mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world.